1: We're going to turn now to the latest on the Trayvon Martin shooting and that brand new police surveillance video obtained exclusively by ABC News. That man right there is George Zimmerman being brought into the police station in handcuffs that night. The video raising questions now about his side of the story. ABC's Matt Gutman is still there in Sanford, Florida with the latest. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, Robin. And that stunning video takes us right into the police station behind me, barely 30 minutes after George Zimmerman shot Trayvon Martin. And it reveals something critical about Zimmerman. There appear to be no serious injuries on him. We've gone over that tape multiple times. No blood on his face, the back of his head, or his shirt. This video, obtained exclusively by ABC News, shows George Zimmerman entering the Sanford Police Department at 7.54 minutes after he shot and killed Trayvon Martin. Zimmerman is cuffed, hands behind his back. These four minutes of surveillance tape are the first images of Zimmerman since the shooting. Zimmerman told police Martin attacked him, cold-clocking him, then slamming his head on the ground. In the police report, officers said Zimmerman was bleeding from the back of the head and nose. In the video, a police officer can be seen wiping something off of Zimmerman's red jacket. But watch, zoom into Zimmerman's face. The video is grainy, but it is hard to see any signs of blood. Traylon Martin walked up to him asking, do you have a problem? George said, no, I don't have a problem. Overnight, Orlando affiliate W.O.F.L. interviewed this man in shadow, identified as George Zimmerman's father. George said, no, I don't have a problem. And started to reach for his cell phone. At that point, he was punched in the nose. Trayvon Martin said something to the effect of, you're going to die now or you're going to die tonight. Cell phone records obtained exclusively by ABC News show Martin's 16-year-old girlfriend was on the phone with him just moments before he was shot.
2: Trayvon did not say that at all. The only thing that Trayvon told her man was, why are you following <laughs>
1: Now, as citizens protest and congressmen and celebrities express outrage, it is a tragedy and it is a shame. Martin's death appears to be opening a national conversation on race, addressed overnight in an ABC News town hall moderated by Robin Roberts. But the bigger conversation, the best way to protect young black, brown, men of color, women of color, is to actually stop profiling, stop the prejudice, and stop the judgment first. And that requires a truthful dialogue, like what we're having now. And we spoke to Trayvon Martin's family last night, Robin, and they told us that this is the smoking gun, that video. Also, Trayvon Martin's mother, Sabrina, told us that had he not been racially profiled, he would have made it home that night and would have been alive today. Robin. All right, Matt, thank you.
0: Right here, right in front of this house.
1: Okay. Right in front of
0: 1460? Yes, sir. I left for the grocery store, and I just felt like something was off about him. Right. So I said, and there's been a history of... Uh, break-ins in that building and I called previously about this house
1: right did he walk off from there or did he stop there last night
0: he stopped and he 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 like looked around and okay. that's why I, that's what threw me off was it's raining I didn't understand why somebody would be just stopping in the rain
1: where was he standing at when you when right you, there when he
0: stopped? Right in the I called the non-emergency line mm-hmm. and when I got through I parked at the clubhouse. All right. So you just pulled in here? Yes, sir.
1: And this is where you got out?
0: No. Um, This is where I just stopped to call. To call and then he walked past me and he kept looking at my car and uh, still looking around at the houses and stuff. So uh, then the uh, dispatcher said, uh, where did he go? What direction did he go in? And I said, I don't know. I parked right about where that sign is in the yard. In front of the Ford truck? Yes. Right about okay. here. And I saw him walking back that way and then cut through the back of the houses. He looked back and he noticed me and he cut back through the houses. I was still on the phone with non-emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he came back. And he started walking up towards the grass and then came down and circled my car. And I told the operator that. He was circling my car. I didn't hear if he said anything. Right. But he had his hand in his waistband. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I told the operator that. And I said, I don't know an address. I think I gave them my address. And they said, uh, give us directions to so get to you. And I said, if you tell the police to go straight at the clubhouse and make a left, my truck will be there. And again, they asked me where he went, what direction he went, and I said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I thought to get out and look for a street sign. Right. So I got out of my car and I started walking. Go ahead. Oh, I was still on the phone with uh, non-emergency, and I started walking. Okay. Down this way. And because I didn't see a street sign here. But I knew if I went straight through, that that's Retreat View Circle, and I could give him an address. Because he said, just give me the address of the house you're in front of. Okay. And there's no address, because this is the back of the houses. I got to about here, and I had a flashlight with me. Okay. The flashlight was dead, though. And I looked around, and I didn't see anybody. And I told Non-Emergency, I said, you know what? He's gone. He's not even here. Right. So... I still thought I could use their address, so I walked all the way through, and I actually walked all the way to the street, and I was going to give them this address, and they said, well, if he's not there, do you still want a police officer, and I said, yes, they said, are you following him, and I said, yes, because I was, you know, in the area, and they said, we don't need you to do that, and I said, okay, so I that's when I walked straight through here to get the address so that I could meet the police officer and then they said uh, I said he's not here they said do you still want him to come and I said yes and they said where do you want him to come to and I said you know what just tell him to meet me at my truck next to the clubhouse if you go straight into the clubhouse and makes a left I have a Honda Ridgeline silver Honda Ridgeline it's parked right there I'll meet him right there so I started
2: walking back. So Tell the chief, need to going back here to cut all the doors. He <laughs> looked at me like he's crazy. Yeah. There's only, what,
3: 300 doors in this building? Yeah. And there's 20 in this, in this hall alone, I think. Well, I didn't I didn't see. Yeah, he wouldn't. i can You can? Yeah, no, no, I try not to breathe whenever oh. <laughs> I like swallow. Yeah, those guys, who, yeah, their breasts do like look ass. <laughs> but, uh... And go ahead, and I'm going to close this envelope up, and uh, put a piece of tape across it, and then I initial, and then I put an X. What I'm going to have you do is, I'll give you the uh, sharpie, have you initial. Just put your initials just half on, half off of the uh,
2: tape, just as I done.
3: Again.
4: I don't understand me.
2: The
3: evidence is there. Half on, half off the tape. It's. Just- Have you ever had to shoot
2: anybody? I think even without
3: it no. I wouldn't question your deployment. Um. My wife's a mess.
4: any yeah, kids? No. Thank goodness. No, Well, she said she was at home and she wondered why you couldn't return or?
3: No. The first man that got there, I thought he was a police officer police officer if I could call my wife and he said no. So I asked him to call and tell her so she knew within five minutes the, the eyewitness was kind enough to call. And she called my buddy Mark that was there, and so Did they do an MRI or
4: anything on you?
3: No, she asked me if I wanted an MRI or a a CT scan and she asked why they didn't do one and I said they just brought me, they said that they were going to bring me here first and you know they washed my head off and they felt my nose and and they said they were going to bring me here first and then take me to CFR and I didn't, the acronyms I didn't get them at that time but Mm -hmm. My doctor said if they didn't do it then, that I should just be cautious if I start vomiting or get nauseous or any loss of vision or blurriness. But other than that, there was uh, if they cleared me at the site, then it was up to me if mm-hmm. I wanted to pay for it. And Those things add up quickly, so. You have insurance?
4: Yeah,
3: I do, but it's like, it still ends up. It's like the bargain basement ones
2: yeah.
3: that's like you know a $5,000 copay before they pay anything out
4: okay.
3: and then they pay like 50% on whatever your bill is so <sighs> yeah.
4: hey, well, that's not I bought the um the insurance of my family for it's called the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield is the surgical hospitalization plan, which means they only pay for surgery <laughs> and hospitalization, which is fine. It's fantastic if you get hurt, but I only pay $150 a month for my oh, wow. entire family of five. Oh, wow. That is good. And um, just to give you an example, my daughter had uh, broken her arm. She was in hospital about three days, and she had surgery, and she had slipped on the, the trampoline, and... Instead of her elbow bending this way, it popped into this way and it busted some bones in her arm. And she had to get pins and stuff. And I think I was only out of pocket about $2,500. And wow. it was like a $30,000 expense, like with all the bills that kept coming and coming and coming. So I felt like I had really good insurance. It's mm-hmm. just if I have to go to a doctor, I got to pay for it. But it's no big deal because, you know, I'm paying $150 a month where my. Um, Fellow workers here who get it through the city are paying for a family, you know, upwards of five or six hundred a month. So wow. I'm saving. You know what I mean? I'm saving four or dollars a month. So if I got to go to the doctors once or like once or feet twice feet. a couple of times a year and pay a couple of hundred bucks, I'm still way ahead.
3: I thought mm-hmm. municipalities had good health mm-hmm. insurance. Wow. Expensive. So. My father's.
2: Expensive.
4: <laughs> and I do the benefits card where you can
3: Oh, put money yeah, health savings account And
4: health savings account And I do that and use that to pay for the visits
3: Mmm, that's a good idea, tax-free
4: i take my daughter's braces
3: That's what my mom did for me <sighs> My dad's uh, retired army I'll never forget They, uh, they have, you know really good insurance. And when I was a kid, they um, they have a form at the pharmacy that you can fill out for like non-prescription not prescription medicine, like Benadryl or hydrocortisone, bandages, okay. stuff like that. And I was a young kid, and I took the form, and I just started checking stuff off. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want that, I want that, I want that, and I turned it in, and they gave me a bag full of stuff, and I went, and I was all excited to my dad. And I said, Dad, look, all this stuff was free. I'll never forget he said, None of this is free, George. I paid for this with my service, um, and I felt like garbage.
4: <laughs> Someone's paying for it somewhere. Yeah. But that's good that he taught you that, you know, because a lot of these, a lot of people just think if someone else is paying for it, they don't care. It's free to them. You you
3: re- go and take it all back.
4: <laughs> that's why you'll have with people who have free Medicaid stuff, they'll go to the emergency room because their kids cost them too much, you know, instead of going, okay, this isn't really the appropriate place, but they don't care. The doctor will see them and the, you know, the state will pay thousands thousand dollars or whatever, it costs the visit, and we'll
3: pay. they don't care. He thinks I don't listen, but I do. <laughs> you must have had a long day two.
4: Yeah, I got back at time. Got out of here at one. Got back here at a You Got up at seven. <sighs> and I got up at seven.
3: Did you sleep uh, okay?
4: uh mm-hmm. I sleep fine. <laughs> <laughs> you now, know. if I were you, I wouldn't, have, you know. But you have to learn when you do this, just to not let things get to you. I mean, to me it's just, it's, it sounds kind of cold to say it, but it's just, you know, this, stuff like this happens and we see it a lot. And if you let it get to you, you wouldn't be able to work here, you know? So it's just like, I don't know, you just learn to separate yourself from it, you know?
3: Do you talk about it at home?
4: No, not unless someone asks.
2: That's what I heard.
4: And go home and watch TV with my kids, my kids, but I don't ever talk about work unless they ask if I a particular question and I'll tell them. But if they say, you know, how would you do at work with will i sorry. That's the end of it, unless they want particulars.
3: How does it work? Like, you, you get called in as an investigator and then you're on duty until the investigation is, like, a preliminary investigation? It's
4: yeah, uh-huh. we stay here until we have no more leaves and then we go home or, or, or whatever we can, you know, to the point where there's really nothing else we can do at this point. Um, we can just come back in the morning.
3: And then you have to come back at mm-hmm. your next scheduled shift? Yes. You can't, like, years. tell them I was out till 1?
4: Well, they have mm-hmm. to give you six hours between shifts. Oh. So if you get out of at 1 but you're scheduled in here, say your shift was supposed to start at 5 a.m., but you didn't get out of here until one, they have to be six hours. Oh, okay. So they can tell you have to be back in. Which isn't a lot of time, you're tired, but.
3: No, by the time
4: you get home. But your supervisor will work at you, you know, if you say, look, I'm really tired, and if there's nothing I can do between five and eight, I can just start doing whatever I need to do at eight, so let you just come in later and get it done. But at that point, you've earned the overtime, you don't want to lose it. That's oh, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. It builds yeah. the pain.
3: Were you an investigator when you worked at detail?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh. And I just do details to make extra, extra money. Did uh, Chief Lee put that email in your file? I don't remember seeing that. He, he
4: might have sent something.
3: He said he was going to.
4: I mean, he may have put in a file, but I don't remember. Who, who, what did it say?
3: That you went above and beyond and you held on to the flyers, even though they were having them? No,
4: I, don't, I didn't see that anybody <laughs> put it in my phone. Huh. That was nice
3: of you to do. It was nice of you to, to take care of. I just, uh, it
4: was a fun party. it? was, was, was I easy, easy detailing. get <laughs> paid and sitting in a party and they're feeding me. And were they? Yeah, it was nice. It <clears throat> was a nice family. They had good Spanish food.
3: <laughs> oh really? I thought they were Middle Eastern.
4: Oh, whatever they were. That's right. You're right. They were Middle Eastern. That's right. They were Middle Eastern. They had, the food was good. Really? Yeah, that's right. Now you say it. They were Middle Eastern. I was at a party with a black family the other day. Sunday. It was a nine-year an birthday
2: party, and that was Hello. Hi. About to get her own Stanford. I think I saw you last night. No, you did no. not. No. That's yes. Thank you, George. Yes, yes, sir. Sir. I understand that you want to participate in a CVSA. Yes, sir. Okay. You know what? I am going to grant your wish. On any medications? Uh, Yes, sir. What kind of medication? Oh, that's not... Oh, is that you're drinking that now, sir? okay. Sorry for that. That's okay. I
3: take uh, Librax for my stomach. Any narcotics?
2: Uh, I think Adderall is considered. Adderall, okay. Am I worried about I Adderall? And t- Tamazepan. T- okay. You got ADHD or something? Yes, sir. Do okay. you? Yeah. Take it, you're here talking because you had a really bad night last night. To say the least. Let me see the back of your head. From here it doesn't look too bad. But I'm sure if I conveyances it doesn't look very good. Okay, I, like I said, I'm an investigator on the um, I am the CVSA operator. As a matter of fact, I am the senior CVSA operator for the city of Sanford. Um, I've been doing these for quite a long time. And do you know anything about the CVSA? Uh-huh. Yes, sir. you ever taken one? Uh, uh, apparently not. No, no.
3: I'm sorry, I, I, I went to school. I just know
2: computerized stress analysis. Or stress analysis. Oh so right there. What do you even put it right there for you so you can read it while I'm talking to you? Um, you're right, it's it's a uh, computer aided truth verification system. Um, I'm sure you know uh, polygraphs and all that kind of good stuff. Um, this is basically the latest and greatest and in truth verification. Polygraphs are great. I think they are wonderful. But some of them have you yeah. know everything has taken some place. Okay? Yes sir? Okay. Alright. First things first, let's get rid of the administrative stuff. Yes sir. Okay, what I need you to do, I need you to read this. Okay. And I need you to in this. And if you agree with the terms, sign down there and date it. Yes sir. If you don't, say so. It's a Dell computer. You see, it's nothing more than a Dell Toughbook computer. All right, nothing special about the computer. It's a computer. They read ones and zeros. That's it. Okay. What's special about it is a program. Okay. Um, the National Institute of Truth Verification, which should be on the front right, right, right there. Um, they're the proprietor of this, of the operating or the the program, the software. Okay. What that software does is. It has the ability to read the tonals on your voice, mm-hmm. okay? There's different parts, parts of the voice, okay? You have uh, the AM and FM. FM is what you hear, okay? When we speak, you hear FM. Um, the AM, for lack of a better term, is naming AM, it has really no no really functional uh, naming of it. Um, just to make it easier for you to understand, or for people to understand, um, the AM rides on top of the FM. Okay, normal speech, your FM carries it. Okay, and, and pretty much overshadows it. When uh, when stress is involved, the FM diminishes, and what happens is is uh, the AM rides on top, and you can actually see it. Okay, you say, well, that's all fine and dandy. Well, how can you? Know, you should be able to, to change it. It's mm-hmm. just like you're breathing. Okay, there's a part where you can breathe, and you can, you can make yourself breathe, you can consciously breathe. And there's other times when you do not even think about it, you don't stop breathing, right. you just keep on breathing. Right. Okay, that's what, that's controlled in your brainstem. Okay, and that's the same way your voice is. Okay, when you're not thinking about it, your voice is automatically regulated. But when you add stress to the factor that AM rides on top of the FM, and the, with the FM diminishing, and then you can see it. Okay, that's what we're looking for. You can't change it. You can't alter it. There's nothing you can do about it except it's there. Okay, and see so that's what we're going to be looking for. So what we're not looking for is I'm not really looking for you lying. Okay, what I'm looking for is your truthfulness and your level of stress. Okay, um, and that would be relevant in in the in the instrument when we roll the charts. Okay, um, it's not invasive. Okay, it's just a microphone that you put right here, and you talk. You know, you know, you don't have, you don't have the bands around you, and everything up there, and blood pressure cuff, and all this other crap all over you. That's all it is. Okay, it's it's nothing. It's very very unevasive. Okay. Um, so with that in line uh, in mind, um, what I need to do is drop the to make sure that there's no residual stress in you. Okay, to get a a good charts, I need to make sure that you're calm, okay? All right, the events of last night, okay? You being attacked, we gotta get shot, okay? You being investigated Sereno and Sergeant Smith and and everybody, all this attention and all this rigmarole, all right? You're stressed, okay? Now you're here at the station talking to us again, you're stressed, okay? I understand that. My job is to bring you down to a level to where you sit here and talk, okay. okay? Bring all this out on the table and then develop these questions, okay? There's going to be nine questions. Um, and we'll go over the questions before. You'll know them all before we start. And then we'll go over and then we'll take the exam, okay? Yes, sir. Kind of make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. Right now, where would you say you're at as far as the stress level? From one to ten. Ten being the worst. No. You yeah. Six, maybe seven. Okay. Pretty high? Nice. I. Or yeah. mediocre, because then your, you're kind of getting numb. Uh,
3: it's like it's in the back of my mind. So. All, right, all, right, all
2: right, okay. You nervous about sitting here talking to to me at station? Not necessarily. No. Not. You came here on your own pretty well, no Just, doubt, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, Investigator Serena didn't say you're going to come down here, or I'm going to thump you or anything like that, I'm going to bring your eye out with a cigarette, okay, All right. well, he does that, so you've got to be careful with um, so okay. okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to start, and what I want to do is I want you in your own words, I want you to give me the scenario from the start to finish, okay, and I'm not going to interrupt you, I hope, for the most part, and then what we're going to go back and we're going to dissect some stuff, okay, things that I think that um, I might have, have questions about. Okay, you see me writing; it doesn't mean anything. Okay, I might write this to write okay? Um or it might be something that I want to ask you later. Okay, so don't. If you see me sitting here jotting or something, don't don't take it into offense. Sure. Okay.
3: Okay. All right. I have one question. Okay. I can't really breathe out of my nose. So I have to breathe out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if I drink water? The your tank? mouth.
2: You can drink as much water as you want. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Get your nose broken?
3: to know what house you're in front of and I said listen if you come to the clubhouse and go straight left and you'll see me there Uh, at this point the guy walked around my car he had his hand in his waistband I didn't hear if he said anything my windows were up it was raining and I was on the phone with um, the non-emergency dispatcher and then he disappeared back through a cut through between the houses. Uh, while he was doing that, the operator asked me. They said we need to know what exact address you're at, and I, all the houses I was next to was the back of the houses and their townhouses, so mm-hmm. I didn't know the address. And they said we need to know what street you're on or what address you're at. I think I, in the heat of the moment I might have given them my street address and they said, is that your home address or your, where you're at now? And I said, I, I that's my home address. And I got out of my car to look for a street sign so that I could at least tell them what street I was on. And there was no street sign and I couldn't make out the house in front of me because there was a big pickup truck there. So I knew if I, I saw him walk through the cut-through and then make a right behind other houses, I knew if I went straight and I didn't cut through where he went, that was the street that I lived on, Retrievee Circle, and I knew if I got to that street, I could tell them the exact house number and the street that I was at. So as I walked through, I looked to my right where he had gone through. Uh, the operator said, are you following him? And I said, yes. They said, we don't need you to do that, and I said, okay. And. I walked through to the other end of the street to give him the address, and as I was doing that, I said, he's not here anymore, he's gone. And they said, you don't see him? And I said, no, he's gone. And they said, do you still want us, and by this time, I've gone to retrieve you, circle? And they said, do you still want us to send a police officer out? And I said, yes. And they said, well, where do you want the officer to meet you at? And I said, just tell them to go to the clubhouse, make a left, I didn't give him a description of my car, and I said, I'll meet them back at my car. So I walked through again, and as I was about halfway through, uh, he appeared out of nowhere. Were you still on the phone? No, I hung up. They said, we have an officer en route. And I said, OK, thanks. After he asked me if I want an officer there, they said, we have an officer in route. I told him to meet me in my car, and I hung up. Mm-hmm. And I put my phone away. And. When I got about halfway to my car from the street, again, behind the houses in a dark area, I heard him say, You got a problem? And I turned around and I saw him and I went to go for my phone and, sing sh- and call 911 and said, I'm not an emergency this time. Mm-hmm. But I. I guess I didn't have my phone in the pocket that I thought I had it in. I had it in my jacket pocket and I reached for my pocket and I was looking for my phone and he just punched me in the nose. And I fell backwards to the side, somehow I ended up on my back. He ended up on top of me and he just kept punching my face and my head and I was screaming for help. and. He told me, shut the fuck up. And I kept yelling for help. And I got a little bit of leverage and I started to sit up and then he took my head and slammed it into the concrete several times. And each time I felt like my head was gonna explode more than the last. I felt like I was gonna lose consciousness. And I, then I really, I started screaming for help. And he covered my nose with one hand, and my mouth with the other one. And he told me, shut the fuck up. And uh, I couldn't breathe, I was suffocating. And all I could think about was I didn't want him to keep slamming my head on the concrete. So I kind of shifted and squirmed my way out, not out from under him, but like to where, cause the concrete was only, it was a sidewalk and the, It felt like he only had my head on maybe a quarter of the concrete and I could shift my way out and get onto the grass where if he was slamming my head, it would just hit the grass and not the concrete. But When I shifted, my jacket came up and my shirt came up and exposed my firearm. And that's when he said, he like sat up and looked and said, you're going to die tonight, motherfucker. And I felt him take one hand off my mouth and slide it down my chest. And I just pinched his arm and I grabbed my gun and I aimed it at him and fired one shot. He kind of sat back and said, you got me here. You you got me, you got it, something like that. And I thought he was saying that he heard the shot and that he was giving up. So I pushed him off me, and I don't remember if I pushed him off me or I pushed him back. Either way, he, I ended up on top of him, straddling him. He was up, uh, face down. And I, when he was hitting me in the face, and the head, it felt like he was hitting me with something in his hands. So I thought he had a weapon, and I grabbed his hands and I pushed them away from his body. And I said, stop. I said, stop. Just don't move mm-hmm. and he was saying something like like ah ah and cursing i said stop don't move and then somebody came and they had a flashlight and i thought it was a cop and i said i still had my gun in my hand as i was holding his hand up and i said uh, are you a cop And he said no and i said he said i'll call them and i said i don't need you to call them and I, I already called them they're on their way I need you to help me restrain this guy. And he said, like, I'm calling the police. I'm already on the phone with them. And I got up off of him, because he stopped struggling. And I thought he just, like, stopped struggling. And then I, I holstered my weapon, and I saw another flashlight. And I said, are you the police? Because I, I had blood all over my face and my eyes. Mm-hmm. And the flashlight, it was dark where it was, so the flashlight was really bright. And I said, are you the police? And he said, who shot him? And I said, I did. And uh, I put my hands above my head like that. And I don't remember if he told me to turn my back to him and walk back towards him. But I turned my back to him and I said, I did. And I raised my jacket and I said, my gun's right there. I'd make, I think I told him a few times, my gun's right there. It's right there. And he said, I know where it is, just keep your hands on your head, don't move. I said, can you just, just take my gun? And he said, I'm taking care of it, just don't move. So I stopped, he handcuffed me. Uh, he took my hands down and handcuffed me. Oh, that's when he brought my hands down. I said, my gun's right there on my right side. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want him to think that, you know, I was gonna grab for it or something. So he put my hands behind my back, handcuffed me, and then he took my gun and Uh, I think it was the same officer that took me to his car, and paramedics got there. They went to check on him first, and then they came over and uh, poured peroxide on my head, on the back of my head, fell my nose, Um, and they told, I don't remember if it was a police officer or Another EMS guy, they said, his nose is broken and he's going to need one, probably two stitches on the back of his head. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, um, well, we're going to take him down for questioning. And uh, somebody said, should we take him to questioning or CFR first? And they said, no, we'll take him to the station first. And... I didn't realize at the time, the CFR was Central Florida Regional, the hospital, and
2: I just got in the back of the car and they brought me here. Okay. All right, so that was it. Were you on a phone at the time, um, when uh, uh, he was beating you? No. Okay, so there was no communication between you and the call center at that point? No. Huh? I'm sorry. There
3: was a guy that... I couldn't really see because, like I said, there was blood in my eyes, and I saw somebody looking out through the s- sliding glass door, and I said, help me, help me, and I think he said, I'm calling 911, but the guy was beating me in the head and the face, and, but he might have been, so right yes. okay. been on the phone with 911, but he might have been on the phone with 911, I don't know, but I was not communicating with the police at that time.
2: there and you're walking back through but you walk through where he disappeared, right? Yes, sir. Okay. The next thing you know, he comes out of nowhere. Yes, sir. He says, you got a problem? Yes, sir. Or something on our leg? Okay. At that point, you went for your phone? Yes, sir. And they punched you in the face? I,
3: I answered him. I said, no, I don't have a problem. My headlights were lighting, illuminating, mm-hmm. and I saw him turn down the. And by the time I was on the phone with the non-emergency, mm-hmm. by the time I got to where he was at, I felt like he had already made his way. I've called non-emergency probably a dozen times, and mm-hmm. they these guys are known just to run. As soon as they get suspicious, mm-hmm. they run and they know the neighborhood back and forth and mm-hmm. they just disappear in between houses mm-hmm. within seconds. Mm-hmm. So I kind of walked and I, I looked around the corner and he was gone. So I was, that's why I told him uh, non emergency, he's gone. Okay. What was this guy wearing? Uh, gray hoodie and I don't remember if they were grey pants or like stonewashed denim pants, I think.
2: Denim pants? Pardon? Denim pants.
3: Uh no, like uh yeah, like denim, but like stonewash. I think they were light colored. they might have been jeans. Okay. And he was a black man? Yes, sir. By whole Um, uh, Um five, eight, nine. It 5'11", I'd say.
2: It's a six-foot. Okay. When you're laying on the ground, you're laying on your back, side. Yes, sir. Okay. That's when your jacket came up and he saw the, your gun, right? Yes, sir. Your gun on your left side, right side? My right side. Okay, so your gun's on your right side. You're, where were you at?
3: Uh, Trying to keep his hands okay. away. And then you felt, What did you feel next? his hand slid down my chest. He took one, he had one hand on his, uh, uh, my mouth and one hand on my nose, and he took one off, and that's when he said, you're gonna die, motherfucker. And I felt his hand going down my, the side of my mm-hmm. chest. And, to so be he honest. he felt something like this? Yeah, okay. brushing, and to be honest with you, the whole time I forgot that I had the gun. Mm-hmm. When he said that I was gonna die, and then I felt him brushing, I, it automatically clicked that he was going for so my your gun. hands are up here defending yourself? His hand's going down.
2: Yes, sir. Were both your hands on the weapon? No, sir. Okay. Where was his hand when you went to retrieve the weapon? One hand was going towards the
3: gun. He took it off my mouth. Right. And I was trying to get his hand... He was suffocating me, so I was trying to get his hands off my face. Mm -hmm. So when I felt his hand, he let go of my mouth, so I wasn't trying to do anything again Mm -hmm. with my right hand. So I grabbed my gun and I don't know if he did
2: it at the same time or what the case was, but I got to it first. Okay. And then how did you come to fire upon him from that position? Because you're laying down like this, okay, on your back, right? And then you just bring it out of the holster and straight up like this? Yes, sir. Okay. You didn't like try to push it into him or anything? You just fired it from almost like from the hip?
3: I think I made sure that it wasn't because my hand was in the way. I made sure it was past my hand because his other hand was still on my face. Okay. So. so I made sure it was was my, he that far away, or he's right up no, on top? No, no, gun? he was. He was like putting all his weight on my nose and my mouth, okay. trying to suffocate uh-huh. me. So he was like creating a crevice with his body, uh-huh. and then he like when he
2: slid to go for my gun. Did he go with, for your gun with his left hand or your right hand? I don't recall. I don't
3: recall okay.
2: which hand he used. But one of the hands went? Yes, sir. Okay. The one that was on your mouth?
3: That, that's when it clicked that I had my gun and when he said... But the hand that was
2: on your mouth, he went, went to your... Yes, gun. sir. Okay. But then you got it and you went out like this? I think I went far enough to where I
3: could make sure that it was past my other hand, and
2: in his general area. You, from what you're describing to me, he's not that far away from you.
3: No, he's on me.
2: He's on top of you. Yes, sir. Right, so there's not a whole lot of distance between you and him. That's right? So you can't really extend your arm. Oh, correct. Because then you got a gun sticking out. What's what kind of gun is it? Uh, Keltec 9 millimeter. Keltec 9. Yes sir. Okay, so it's probably only about that long, right? Shorter. it's mm-hmm. so a little tiny gun. Yes sir. But still, I mean, I mean, you you don't have hardly any play no, before that gun's directly into his chest. Correct. I was on him. I knew mm-hmm. I was. And on. As soon as the round went off, he stopped trying
3: attacking him? He, yes, he sat back, and he said, you got me, or you got it, whatever. Okay.
2: I'm sure it all happened just like quick, too. It felt like an eternity, uh,
3: were there. They were going to be there. They, so it felt like it took
2: forever. Yeah, that part does go forever. I've been there before. Not in the situation you've had, but it takes, you like know, it takes forever for you know, somebody to get there when you are alone. When in reality it's only probably a couple of minutes. Thank you. I can't have a seat. I'm coming out loud. Okay. What was the last four of your case number?
3: About it, i probably just being nosy. <laughs> but they seemed to, it was HR they asked. It's you know. up to you, man. They asked for the police report, and I said, from what it sounded like, there wasn't going to be a report for a while. And they said, Well, well
2: number one, we're not going to give anybody a copy of the report for a while because homicide investigations are not released until. major issue here, or what we're basically looking for in the scheme of things, is we're looking for your truthfulness as far as, was it confrontational, or was it confrontation against you, and that a, a mutual confrontation? And um, I guess the other point, would, would you be Yeah. you've been stopped by the police for speeding. Yes. Okay. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to remember that situation when you were driving and then you first figured out that you were getting pulled over by the police, or you first saw that cop. That feeling you got inside you, that oh shit feeling. Um, your nerves went through the roof. Um, your palms got sweaty. Um, your throat got tight. Okay, your heart started pounding. Okay, you started breathing heavy. You got real nervous. You okay, remember that? The way you felt? I want you to remember that when I ask you this question. Have you ever driven over to post the speed limit? And you're gonna tell me? Yes. No, you're gonna tell me no. 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 Okay. You're gonna lie to me again. Two questions you're gonna lie to me. Okay. Alright? Is the color of the walls green? No. Okay. Have you ever driven over to post speed limit? No.
3: Okay.
2: Very good. Remember this. Okay? Okay. You got it? Yes. Okay. And then we're going to ask you this, okay? These are the relevant questions. These are the questions I want to know whether you're telling me the truth or not on okay? Were you in fear for your life when you shot the guy? Yes. Okay. Since you don't know, you don't know this guy's name, can you call him the guy? Then I'll call him the guy. Good? Okay? Yes, sir. Okay. The other one is, did you confront the guy you shot? No. Okay. So both those, that one not be enough. The other one's going to be a yes. Correct. Yes, okay. Make sure I got it right. All right. That's it. That's all nine questions. Not bad? No. Okay. Right. What I want you to do. Is that your own brother? Yes, sir. Okay. What you do I want you to take that chair. Yes, sir. Turn it facing that wall oh. and have a seat. Shirt, sure. okay. okay. And once you relax, I you to sit with both be feet on the floor, sit straight up, okay? Um, I'm not going to let you drink at this point for right now, sure. okay, but this is relatively quick. Okay. And you just went out and got something to drink? Yes. Did you go pee? Yes. Okay. So you're good? You're all relieved? Yes. Okay. Your stress level should be lower? Okay. I'm going to ask you the series of nine questions. Remember the control questions. Yes, Alright, what are they? Uh, Walls green, and did I ever drive over the posted speed limit? And your response to both of those is going to be? No. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, when I ask you this, ask you all the questions, I want you to respond in a yes or no answer. Not yes sir, not no sir, don't add anything else to it, just yes. That's a simple yes. Okay, just like you've been talking to me this whole time. Okay, don't try to modulate your voice, it's not going to work, okay? If you try to modulate it or, or make it different, I'll be able to see it, and then we'll just have to probably redo it, okay? You're not going to skew the results, okay? It's when I remember I told you you can't do it, so don't even try. Um try. That's pretty much about it. Um, if I ask you the same question, why? It's just not that I didn't believe you. It's that something went wrong. Either I didn't hit the space bar on time, um, you answered too quickly, okay? Um, something, something went awry, and then we had... Okay? Yes, sir. So don't read into it, you don't notice something, alright? Yes, Alright, first, what we're going to do is we're going to calibrate the machine. Let's see. Actually, I'm going to put on auto calibrate. And we'll see how it looks. Okay, I want you to give me a yes? Yes. Give me a no? No. A yes? Yes. A no? No. A yes? Yes. A no? No. no Another no? No. And one more. No. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. George? Yes. Is your name George? Yes. Is the color of the walls green? No. Is today Monday? Confront the guy you shot? No. Is this the month of February? Yes. Were you in fear for your life yes. when you shot the Hold on. Let me finish the question. Were you in fear for your life when you shot the guy? Yes. Are we in the city of San? You ever driven up to the posted speed limit? No. Am I wearing a watch? No. Am I wearing a watch? No. Okay. That was my questions that was it? No. Did it shock you every time you said something wrong? <laughs> no. Okay. Was, was there anything that got you? No sir. Okay. You can kind of turn it. I we're, we're, not, we're not done yet. We better take it for oh, I wasn't sure about the watch question. I didn't know if that was one
3: I was okay. supposed to. Remember know. I don't have a watch. Mm-hmm. Have you ever driven
2: over the seat, Okay. Am I wearing a watch? No. Okay. Wait for me to finish asking the question completely. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. You'll be all right. I'm going to post a speed limit. Okay,
4: good
3: If we
2: got anybody to see anything and do anything. George, pleasure to meet you, sir. Thank you. Hopefully, I never see you again. That's always a good thing for my police yes, officer.